Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? But I just want us to be to understand that, not to not to judge others in that regard, just to forgive them. Because some people can't let go. Some people will will not forget forgive no matter what. You know, it reminds me of the story. I think it's a true story. Uh, maybe not. But uh, I want to read you a story because I think this is <laughs> this is pretty funny. Not only that, I, anytime I can poke fun at LA Rams fans, I'll do that. There's a couple of you here, so. Uh, it's kind of good, though, and kind of not. So, The coach of the L.A. Rams had put together the perfect football team, but then his quarterback got blindsided and was out for the season with a knee injury. Then his backup went down with a concussion. He tried the trading route, free agents, but nobody any good was available. One evening while watching the news from Afghanistan, he saw a young Afghani soldier with an amazing arm. The soldier rifled a grenade on a perfect arc into a fourth-story window from 100 yards, and bam! He tossed another directly into a tight group of 12 enemy fighters 80 yards away, kabam! Then a Humvee passed going 60 miles an hour, and boom! Another perfect shot. The coach said to himself, i got to have this guy. He's got the best arm I've ever seen. So he tracked him down and he convinced him to come to the United States and to come to Los Angeles. The kid took to coaching perfectly. He made all the plays and long story short, the Rams won the Super Bowl and the Afghani is now the conquering hero and the MVP of the Super Bowl. And it's a huge story. But when the broadcast team (laughs) tries to interview him, all he wants to do is call his mom. Mother, he yells over the phone, we just won the Super Bowl. Don't talk to me, the woman says. You abandoned us. You can't be my son anymore. The young Afghani begs, Mom, you don't understand. Our team just won the biggest game in the United States. Thousands of fans are screaming for me. The U.S. president is going to call me. I don't care, the mother snaps. Right now I can hear gunshots everywhere. Our block is in ruin. Your brothers were beaten half to death last night. And your sister was mugged. Then she says, I can never forgive you for making us move to Los Angeles. (laughs) 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 Now... Making your family move to Los Angeles is almost unforgivable. For those of you from Los Angeles and from Southern California, we welcome you. There's a reason you're here in Idaho, so don't give me that. Don't come at me. You know. But I think that's... And now you have to forgive me for that joke, so... But I love that. I love that story because, you know, some people, no matter what, they just won't forgive. But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to be forgiving people. And why? Because we've been forgiven so much. We've been forgiven so much. Again, what did Jesus say? If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. And you might say, that's not fair. You don't know what they've done to me. And I have to admit, sometimes when I hear people's stories, there are some mean and horrible things that people have done. I'm not making light of that. There's some tragic things. There's some horrible things that people have done. But you can forgive them anyway. But that's not fair, you might say. That's not fair. 
And I'm here to tell you, you're right, it's not fair. Just as life isn't about being happy all the time, life isn't fair. Do you know that? <laughs> if you don't, you'll learn it. If you're young enough, you'll learn it. But life isn't fair. But you know what else isn't fair? That people like us get to spend eternity in a beautiful place called heaven with our king, with no more suffering, with no more tears, cleansed of our sins. That's not fair. Look what we deserve. Every single one of us deserve hell. Every single one of us deserve to be cast away from our king. What's not fair is that we get heaven. That's not fair. And I'm okay with that. How about you? And again, we ought to be those examples, not just to those around us, but also to those outside the body. I talked about it before, that we should be the examples that the Lord wanted from us is that we would love one another so much that the world would see the love among Christians and go, man, I want that. Whatever it is they have, I want that. And more than ever, you know we have a whole generation that doesn't understand what real love is. They've been lied to and they've been stolen. And they've been robbed of truth. And they more than ever need the example of love that only the body of Christ can present. When you and I love each other, and that starts with forgiving each other. When we love each other, when we truly forgive each other, when we walk in that, it's a powerful testimony to the world around us. And if we want our prayers answered... We also need to be those who forgive. One pastor said it this way, the forgiven heart will forgive others. If we have a hard, unforgiving heart, it calls into question if we've ever received or appreciated the forgiveness that God offers. And so once again, we see Jesus dealing with these men of Israel, these leaders of Israel. They have a heart like Diotrephes. They seek prominence. They seek control. They seek to tear down others. And they come to Jesus with two questions. Look at verse 27. Then they came again to Jerusalem, and as he was walking into the temple, the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders came to him, and they said to him, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to do these things? So they have two questions, and of course they start with the same question Satan did in the garden. We know Satan is the rebel of all rebels. And what did he do? He immediately questioned God's authority. Has God really said? Did he really and that's what the enemy does. That's what Satan does. He's always going to try to tear down godly authority. He's always going to question authority. We see that in our nation today. All of these people questioning authority and coming against authority. Regardless of what you think of the authority, God put it in place. Romans 13, go read that chapter. But it's always the trick of Satan. And do you notice they gang up on him? They always get together. That's what happens with the enemy too. They'll, they'll even take somebody who's their enemy to come against godly people. It's evil. But just think about it. Jesus is doing the will of the Father. And who is Jesus? He's God incarnate. So I just want you to understand this picture. They come to him and said, on whose authority are you doing this? <laughs> on God's authority. He's standing right in front of you and they missed it. They missed that God himself in the flesh was standing in front of them and they're questioning his authority. Do you see how far they'd fallen? They were indeed dead from the inside out. But I love how Jesus does this. It's very Jewish, and I love this. He says, okay, I will answer you two questions. And he says this in verse 29, but Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? Answer me. And this is so amazing, but of course it is, because it's Emmanuel. <laughs> the wisdom he has is amazing. Because he, Jesus knew that these men, although they looked healthy and religious on the outside, 
Number one, these three groups didn't get along and they divided anyway. They couldn't agree on theology. And number two, they were worried about preeminence. They were worried about what the people thought. So Jesus threw that question out. But then look at this in verse 31. And they reasoned among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? But if we say from men, they feared the people for all counted John to have been a prophet indeed. So they answered and said to Jesus, we do not know. (laughs) They're lying here. They know. But they know John said, that man right there, I'm not worthy to loose his sandals. So they weren't going to say, okay, you know, they were going to say, we agree with John. He's going to say, then why why don't you accept me? But they were more worried about what the people thought. And that's something that's really tragic too. You know, I'm not going to tear down seeker-friendly churches and all that, but it seems like so many churches are worried about image and worried about, you know, being the safe place. Remember last week we saw that Jesus said the temple had become a den of thieves? Do you know what that means? A den of thieves means it's a place where thieves come and they can be comfortable. They can hang out with each other. And I heard a pastor recently talk about this, and he said, how many churches have now become den of thieves? And that's tragic and horrible, because why? Because they don't want to say anything that offends, which is really the word of God. They just want you to be comfortable. But I've already talked about that. Being comfortable is not what God called us to be. Barclay in his commentary, he wrote this. He said, the whole story is a vivid example of what happens to men who will not face the truth. They have to twist and wriggle and in the end, get themselves into a position in which they are so helplessly involved that they have nothing to say. And so verse 33, the end of it, Jesus answered and said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Jesus Christ has called you and I to a special mission. He has called you and I to do things that only his church can do, to preach the gospel and to make disciples. He's also called us to love one another, to be an example to the world. It doesn't mean you won't have hard times. You will. It doesn't mean you won't, you know, have even horrible, hard, difficult times in this life. You will. You and I will. But this life is not the end for us. It's only the beginning. It doesn't mean we won't have conflict in the church. We will. But we're living stones, being fit together. So love each other and forgive each other. And watch how we grow together. It's a beautiful thing when we do that. And how we handle them will be impacted by where our heart is. If we're aligned with God and with his will, we will be able to forgive. We will be able to love. But if we're focused on this world and what we want, forget it. We will be able to forgive fiercely, to love liberally. It's the only time I told you before that you can be a liberal in our church here, love liberally and to offer mercy and grace consistently. This is what we're called to do. And above that, forgive. Do you understand that? Remember this, mercy is not getting what you deserve. Mercy is not getting what you deserve. Jesus rescued us from hell. We did not deserve that. But grace is getting what you don't deserve. We get heaven. We're going to be royalty forever. You have been forgiven and you've been given grace and mercy. The very least thing you could do is offer it to people around you, to offer it to your brothers and sisters in Christ. He gave us forgiveness. We ought to be those who afford it to others. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. And Lord, thank you for the cross and thank you for everything you established and everything you did on that cross for us. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, 
and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.